Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek, teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hello, my friend. How are you? Are you in your car? Are you on a walk? What are you doing right now? I am recording this podcast. It was the most beautiful fall day. And I'm about to have a really fun and relaxing evening at home, which doesn't happen a whole lot anymore because we're pretty active. And I just wanted to record this podcast because I had this come to me really strongly today. So I just wanted to get to it. So Today's podcast episode is about choosing light in dark times. And even if you're a person who chooses not to watch or listen to the news like me, and even if you live off the grid, unless you really have no connection to social media or technology, you are probably somewhat aware right now of the latest war that's happening in Israel and Palestine. And it is creating a collective amount of really heavy energy of grief, of course, of chaos and turmoil. And to be clear, what's happening there and what has happened throughout time in many different places and what is currently happening in many other places in the world, but in particular, the focus on what is happening there in Palestine and Israel is no doubt extremely upsetting, senseless, and devastatingly heartbreaking. But here's the thing. I have heard so many people say lately that because of this war that's happening right now, in particular, and this devastation, and you can fill in the blank here. It also could be in your personal life, because someone has cancer, or because this bad thing happened, or because this person is going through a breakup, that people or a person will feel guilty if they feel joy or happiness Or a lot of people tend to feel shame if they're trying to create something or if they're feeling inspired or just going about their regular life. They feel like a guilt or shame about this while, you know, innocent children and humans are being killed. And I hear you. I get it. I really do. It's so heavy in my heart, too. And I've also been this person in the past that feels like, how can I possibly be happy right now when all of this other stuff is going on? And it was is almost felt like selfish or, you know, like what I'm saying is insignificant when there's this weight in the world. But here's the thing. I no longer choose to see it this way. I think it's one thing that we go about life 
where maybe we're ignorant of what's going on or the gravity of a situation in a sort of selfish or egocentric way where maybe someone's completely out of touch or tuned out and just not conscious of what's happening in the larger world or really with anything. But I think it's another thing to be able to have an awareness of a situation without having to take it on, identify with it and drown in it. And I'm going to just explain a little bit more what I mean. I'm especially speaking to anyone right now who has felt guilty feeling joy or feeling good or creating something new or having fun and laughing while serious things are happening in your life, in your loved one's life, or in the world. But here's what I'm here to say today. Not only do I think and know that it's possible, I think it's more healthy to embrace both. I think it's completely appropriate to feel absolutely gutted by what's happening in our world collectively or in our individual lives. The grief, the despair, anger, sadness, the feeling of helplessness that this bad thing is happening across the world and what can I do about it? And any other emotions that might come up when we see and hear of these atrocities or these tragedies in our life. And guess what? This makes you a human with deep empathy and deep love in your heart. And so congratulations. But too many people end up getting stuck there. And it does not serve anybody in any way If we don't learn to process our feelings and alchemize the energy of those heavy feelings and find some levity about those feelings, it does not help them or me or you, and it does not help anyone around them. So I've heard a lot of comments lately that people are feeling selfish or like they don't know what to do but they want to do something. And so they stay stuck in a cycle of like grief and anxiety and of like binge watching the awful images. And they even don't want to go about their life doing fun things or feeling joy or creating or feeling inspired during these times where others in the world are suffering so much right now. But I feel like what's happening is a lot of people are ridiculed by these people who are choosing to continue to suffer with humanity. And they're often the ones that ridicule others who send prayers because maybe they don't know what action to take or maybe they are feeling like that is their calling. So instead of taking some other action that's deemed quote unquote more important, these people are dismissed often for doing what I think is one of the most important deep things that we can do, which is the inner work of tending to our own shadow and our own light and tending to our vibration and our energy and to making sure that we're connected with ourselves and with our source. We are convinced, all of us, at different times and often by well-meaning people, that helping others or being of service means that we have to match 
or mirror the emotion of the person or the situations or of the emotional landscape. So we think mistakenly that when we show our support and empathy, when we metaphorically jump into the pool of grief with someone else or of despair or anger or frustration, we think that that is our support and empathy and compassion. And this might be partly true in the short term. Obviously, if someone's going through something, we're not like obnoxiously jumping for joy in their face. But if we jump in their pool and we don't get out, we are now drowning too. Now, someone else, whoever that might be, who's not drowning in those emotions, energetically or metaphorically, will need to save two people instead of just one. And now you are rendered more useless in regards to helping the original person who you were trying to help, who was drowning. I just think that so many life lessons are showing me and showing us that we just really need to tend to our own lives and our own selves first our sense of safety, our boundaries, our love, our light, our health, our emotions, our wounds. And then we can all help others and support others and influence and inspire others from a much more empowered place. And I'll say that the kind of service and help that we are able to give others from a place that's more whole and grounded, to me, is just so much more potent that if we are wallowing in our own shit, in our own grief, in our own despair, in our own thoughts of I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, who am I? And it's not to say we don't all have those thoughts, but we have to find a way to turn down the volume on those thoughts turn down the volume on the grief and despair as if it's a badge of honor. We have to turn down the volume, I think, so that we can be of more use to ourselves and more functional and therefore of true service to others who are going through it. For example, the classic example of on an airplane you are instructed to put on your own oxygen mask first before you are instructed to help anyone else. Because if you can't breathe, then you're not going to be able to help the person next to you, plain and simple. I love that example because it's relevant to so many situations in everyday life. I know that I'm an empath. I feel so deeply And if you're anything like me, I know you do too. And this is not wrong. Nothing has gone wrong. And in fact, it is a part of our human wiring to feel what others are feeling. We have something called mirror neurons that allow this. These mirror neurons allow us to deeply feel emotions that others are feeling. And so that automatically in and of itself makes us feel more connected. And those neurons help aid us in cooperation and compassion for our fellow human being. 
we don't need to show our compassion by continuing on an ongoing basis to feel sad and grief and to continue to wallow and to bathe in lower vibrational feelings. Now, feeling those feelings that might come up when people are suffering, it's of course appropriate in the short term. But what I'm trying to get at is that it is not advantageous for you or for anyone to stay in a prolonged state of chronic stress or despair or grief. We all know, and I've said this a million times, that if we're in constant anger and stress and fear, anxiety or grief, it's taxing to our mind, body, spirits and energy fields. And when this constant long term stress is present, it compromises your immune system. It compromises your ability to think clearly. And also, furthermore, it makes you feel unsafe and disempowered in your own body and in your own life. It does not build you up. It tears you down. It's a lower vibrational frequency and it serves a purpose in short amounts of time and intermittently. If someone we lose is gone, it is appropriate to grieve. But if we're grieving and sad and stressed and can't get back to our light and our joy for years on end, that's going to affect us negatively. And we're not going to be able to truly, I don't think, serve others. We need to find a way to alchemize those feelings and that grief. And we need to still value our own joy in light. If we are never recovering from those, what I would call lower vibrational emotions, and that's not a judgment, that's just a frequency gap. And if we don't feel intermittent peace or safety and harmony in our bodies and our nervous systems, things will fall apart. So it's for your own well-being. It's also this conundrum that we think we have to jump in the pool to relate and resonate and support, but it's actually the opposite. And there's this really skillful way where we can be empathetic and present and listen But we can also have joy in our lives and create and find solutions to things from a place of empowerment and love and maybe from the grief, yes, where we can serve. So again, a lot of people tend to believe that if someone around them is sad or hurting or suffering in some way, that it's not okay for them to express joy or be happy in any way, whether it be in front of that person or away from that person. They maybe feel like they can't be creative or just won't allow themselves to feel good or inspired or to show or express these types of emotions. So in other words, I think people think that in order to show real empathy, compassion, and support, that you need to match the mood, the vibration, and the energy of the other person's situation, or else we're deemed insensitive. And it's true. Some people might tell you that. They might have that perspective. But I do not agree with that perspective. I think that is a misinformed and short-sighted perspective. Here's what I've come to understand and been shown. 
that even in the midst of chaos, sadness, or despair in our lives, our friends' lives, or in our world, that we still can love them, be empathetic, feel the feelings that we're feeling, but then we should go on and shine our light, and we should and we can. I am giving you permission, if you need it, to shine your light. That is all we have in the end, is your authentic version of you alive, on fire, inspirational, and purposeful. Shining your light means that you're keeping your connection with your source, whether you call that God, goddess, universe, life energy, And that you're also keeping it with yourself and you're able to serve then in a more powerful way through this connection and this light. I really strongly feel that it's so powerful and beautiful. It's not weak. It's not passive to tend to your own light, your own wellness, your own joy. And when we create more of that in the world, more inspiration and love and harmony, it offsets all of the darkness. And it's a potential guide for those that are in that space of feeling dark and hopeless. And the people that need it most will find you because you are shining bright. Being joyful and creative Even when people around you or in the world are grieving, suffering in turmoil or in despair is not only helpful for people, it is noble. It is not harmful. And it is in a way kind of a radical act if you think about it because of the way that our collective thinks about it. I think that we can be completely empathetic and compassionate and feel deeply and process our feelings, and still shine our light. We can still have fun. We can still feel joy. And prayers and intention do matter. We do not have to feel bad because someone doesn't understand the power of prayer. We don't have to feel bad because someone who's grieving thinks that we're not sad enough. Everyone has their own process. And it's not that they're wrong either. But all I'm saying is we don't have to keep dulling our light and we don't have to do what is expected of us. And we don't have to make ourselves smaller or more dull to make others feel comfortable. And we should not do that. It is not helpful for you or anyone else in the long run. When you emit, when I emit a higher frequency and vibration, for example, when we're feeling creativity or joy or love or gratitude or inspiration, it creates a ripple effect and it is powerful beyond measure. Even if you do nothing and you just walk through a room, people will feel your light and your energy. There's a quote that I want to read to you by Howard Thurman. And I've heard this quote for years, but it takes on uh, different meanings at different stages in my life. And I just think it's really powerful. It's spoken to me in so many different ways throughout my life in different seasons and circumstances. And this is what it says. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. 
when I read that quote, what comes up for you? How does that make you feel? Do you agree with that? Or does something about that push some buttons in you? I'm just curious what that quote does for you. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and do it because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Because so many people are walking around dead. They are living, but they are dead before they've died because they don't have a passion. They don't feel joy. And and again, I'm empathetic for all of the reasons why this is. I'm not going to go into that. But it is a radical and beautiful act to find your joy and live it and feel it. And that can be something simple too, y'all. It doesn't have to be the, all the big things. It can be finding joy and really feeling that in your heart because you love your bed and how comfortable your pillow is and letting that light you up. And yes, it includes the bigger things too. But if you are one of those people who have ever felt bad, or maybe you currently feel bad for being yourself or being creative or shining your light when others are having a hard time or daring, daring to choose joy in the midst of darkness or chaos or sadness or anger or loss, this right here right now is your encouragement and the reminder that you can and you should shine. You should not shrink. I am not saying to not feel your feelings and not grieve when you lose someone. I am not saying that. I'm just saying that you being empathetic to others can coexist with you not dulling yourself or being in the chaos, sadness, and darkness with them. The best thing you could do is be with them in your light. You can support and listen to someone in your love, in your light, in your joy. If you listen to me at all and you know me at all, you know that I am about feeling feelings as hard as it is and as uncomfortable as it is and letting our beautiful bodies process through our feelings naturally rather than avoiding our feelings. But no one benefits, no one benefits if you jump in the pool with them and you're then drowning too. All I'm saying is take care of your light and your love and your well-being with the confidence in knowing that it's the best way you can be of service and actually be effective and more powerful and being available for real change and being able to help others who really can't see the light in the moment. I know and I feel that you can be the lighthouse in the dark and I hope you are and I hope you do. I love you. And we'll talk next time. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside. Love.